Welcome, everybody, to the Called Podcast from First Fisherman Media. I'm coming to you from Paris, France today, and I have with me Sister Veena from India, all the way in from India. Sister, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Maybe we could start with a prayer. I don't know if you, do you want to say it in, in, in Hindi or in, in your language, or do you want to say it in English or French? You can choose. You're no, English is okay. better for me. Okay, great. Let's start. God, our loving Father and Mother, we thank you for bringing us together in this show that send your Holy Spirit upon each one of us. Fill us with your wisdom and knowledge and so that all those who hear the call which I received each one, like Medusini says, each one has got a mission on earth. And each one is called for a mission on this earth. God, Jesus, you have called me for a mission on this earth in India at present. And you have walked with me all the long the way till now and with all the people whom you have called, the promise you have kept. Thank you, Lord, for keeping your promise till the end. And we pray that you may call many more people for this work of yours, spreading of the kingdom, bringing hope and love and peace to the brothers and sisters in need, which the world of today needs, the broken world, which lacks hope and love and looking for meaning in life. Lord, give us grace that many more may join us to bringing God's good news to the people. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Sister Vina. That was so beautiful. It was very touching. Um, so I, I'd like to start. The purpose of our podcast, as I said to you before, is to try to allow people to get to know our religious mm-hmm. and also to inspire more vocations to the church. Maybe yes. someone listening um, can hear something of their own story in your story, in your journey. And maybe that means that they feel they might feel called by the Lord to also come to his church and to serve in, in a vocational way that you have. Or obviously it would be different for them. But So maybe could you tell us where you're from and maybe a little bit of your, your history? I am from Kerala. And uh, I have born and brought up in a Catholic family. I am from the Syrian right in Kerala. Malabar right. What uh, is that? It's a uh, Roman right? It's a yes. Okay. Uh, you're from, so you're from Kerala and you grew up in a Catholic family. Yes. Very devout family? Was it a very religious family? Or uh, my uh, family was a very devoted uh, Catholic family from mm. which I have grown. Oh, that's amazing. What a blessing. Did you... Um, you were you and I were speaking earlier, and you were telling me that 
it's not so easy to be a Christian in India. Was it always like that? Not all. It was not always like that. It was we had a very uh, peaceful coexistence of Christians and other religions in India for a long time. What yes. cha- what changed? Okay. Okay. So um, maybe that's it. We'll leave that aside, the politics. Mm. So let's get back yeah. to the vocation. So um, in, in, your, in your childhood, did you know that you wanted to become a religious or was that something that happened in your early adulthood or your teenage years? Or My vocation, I did not have much uh, interest in it to be a nun. I have studied in a convent school from my very childhood. And uh, I, in my family, I had many uh, religious sisters and fathers. Uh, but I did not have a very love. Means I used to love my uncles and aunties, but uh, I did not have a real likeness to become a religious nun. So... My vocation started when I was studying in the 10th class, around 15 years of old. So I had, we had a vocation camp in which the, I don't exactly remember who came for the class, but uh, they talked about the religious life and the family life. And we had adoration and prayer after the um, vocation classes. So where this image when I was praying, this image of a river and a well was coming to my mind again and again. So I did not understand the meaning on the first day. So I had the second day also the classes were there. And in this second day of my uh, prayer on during the adoration, this uh, call was very clear to me that I wanted to become a river where the others can receive life. So I have not to be a well, but a river which flows for many. The living water. So I came back home and I told my parents that Jesus is calling me to a religious life. My par- my father told me, my child, this is uh, you are too young to decide and uh, when you are in a convent school studying, so they will put under a girl's school. And uh, you have, a, have not seen the life outside and you are really limited uh, knowing of the world t- today. So, so in uh, adolescence, you have many thoughts and many uh, things will come and they will go, ba- go away after some time. It uh, doesn't stay. So you don't. Uh, so I said I will after my tenth class, I will join a religious congregation. So my father said no, you are not going to join any religious congregation now. You continue your studies, and this thought will go away by itself. So I thought what my father said this may be true, because I did not have any love for a religious life at that time. So. I thought this thought will come and it will go away. So I continued my college studies. I went to college. I had from the beginning itself, I had a sense of justice. Uh, for where there is injustice, I could not bear. So 
I used to think that my family had little political influence in the uh, village which we are coming from. So I used to think that uh, politics is the best way to change the society and the people. So when I was in the college, I joined the uh, youth group of the uh, political party to create uh, awareness, to politicize issues, take up issues, protest. So I was very much involved in the politics of the college politics and the local politics of the area. So I was a leader like. So my life has changed uh, due to two events in my life. That one was uh, a political rival of ours. Uh, means uh, we were a group of girls studying in the college and uh, one of my friend was attacked by the political parties and uh, she became mentally sick and uh, that has affected me as a leader of the group as I have started to ask questions about uh, the way the politics works and the political involvements of mine and another event which uh, challenged me in the college the uh, students uh, took up a protest against the uh, students who were beaten up by a bus uh, conductor so the students wanted to burn that bus because the students were beaten up by the people so this has, uh, when I came back home, I told my mother about uh, the thing which has happened in my college. Then my mother asked me two questions. Whether your students' union was life-giving or life-taking. If the bus had come and if you had burned the bus, you think so many people would have died in that bus. And is it promoting life or it is destroying life? You are called to promote life, not to destroy life. And as uh, students, you don't understand. The common things are for everyone. It is not for to destroy. So these two things uh, of my mother has changed my life. So I have decided from that onwards. No more to the politics. Politics is not changing really the life of the people. So they are just making use of the people for their own benefit. From that time, I gave up the politics. And uh, then when I gave up the political leadership, then then this thought, which had, uh, till then the thought was not there that the river became, the call came back to me again. It became stronger in fewer days. So then when I finished my college, I decided to join the congregation. By that time, I was very clear that I want to join a congregation which uh, offers means for working for justice. And I found the religious of the assumption we have one uh, convent in Pala where we have sisters. I went the first time. In our place, all the sisters are very traditional 
wearing habits and uh, they don't uh, they have enclosures they don't mingle with people much when i went to this uh, religious of the assumption there first time i saw sisters in sari so they are sisters in sari they are very joyful very simple very friendly hospitable and i loved them and uh, they have a prayer life they have smaller communities it is very homely the family spirit of the sisters and the prayer the adoration i really loved that mm-hmm. so that is where and uh, sisters were at, the, at that time in india they were assum- uh, religious of the assumption was the only congregate um, means uh, i which i knew was working for the fishermen of uh, uh, kerala the sisters were protesting in uh, for the for justice for the fishermen in kerala at that time and i said this is a call which i have and from that time on was uh, i joined the religious of the assumption did you look to any other uh, organ any other order or that was basically the order that was that was you only went to these you went to two different orders or you only no, went no, to no no i have not gone any other order only i only came to this my uncle uh, was is a priest and uh, he is a uh, franciscan sales uh, so um, sales so he told me so i was uh, into politics and uh, he said uh, your political involvement and also your character of uh, will not fit into too much obedience and that is not you don't have it so therefore going to a local congregation will be very difficult for you you will not fit into any of this uh, local congregations which doesn't allow that too much of freedom and things like that so he has sho- he said so i uh, i told him i want to go somewhere so he said i will look for it and i will let you know so he told that there is a congregation you come he came for the holidays he took me so he said i am not saying you join i am re- he reached me to the convent and he left he said you decide mm. and so you went and you just fell in love with the sisters and their joy and their simplicity yeah what is it that they do in india i mean you mentioned this uh the thing with the fishermen but what is your on your in a day in your daily charism what is it that you do in a religious of the assumption whatever apostolate you do it is a education it is a transformative education so we are all involved in the transformative education we are to have a social work we have school working in the schools we are working in the hospitals we are working in the pastor centers we have uh, working with women children Mm. So you work with you told me that you worked with um street children and street people that live on the street yeah. to try to teach them what is the what exactly is the work that you do with people who live who don't have homes in India uh they are migrants coming from the different villages of uh, it is a internal uh, forced migration because yeah, I am coming I am working in the north of India So people there we in Bihar especially 
they have uh, the problem of a drought as well as flood every year so most of these people are dalits communities which are uh, bonded laborers at a time so now they are free so they move out from their bonded laborers to cities in search of work so they come to cities with they cannot afford to have a rented house therefore they landed up in the roadsides or railway stations urns or the uh, drainages near the drainages they make their homes with the plastics and they stay over there so this is families which have come from the so i work with those families the children we educate them we try to make documents for them the basic documents which needed for the admission to the schools and uh, because they have been not been born in a hospital they don't have birth certificates which are a basic proof for uh, any person to have an identity sure so we uh, help them to make their basic documents which are needed and also try to educate these children most of the children are engaged in uh, waste management we we are collecting waste and uh, selling the waste which are uh, give some some money and others are uh, parents are uh, domestic workers most uh, many of them or uh, working uh, at the menial work here and there which they get many are into construction work as uh, laborers and they have part time work sometimes no work so we are communities we are working with uh, those people mm. and uh, we do when they come back after the work we try to educate them uh, so that they go back to schools they means have formal education so or if they cannot have formal educations we try to educate through national open schooling in which we have in india is a system where those who cannot afford to go to school regularly can study at home and can write their exam and pass the exam so we help the um, children adults youth to go through this uh, we coach them make them to write their exams so that they can continue their education mm. so also we create social capitals and in the communities so that uh, they can help each other when we are there or we are not there they can continue the work so we focus more on uh, social capitals in the communities of uh, formation of groups groups are uh, if groups are there which can strengthen the community the community building processes so we have a different community building process of children so we have child parliaments child clubs youth youth groups we have women's groups so different groups formations uh, which can help the community to be united and uh, can bring ch- social changes in many mm. i firmly believe that every person has the capacity to change and to change one's environment and the environment of his community so if you change one person then that person can also change their change surroundings change the others right what is it like to work with such poor people people in such a difficult situation what's that like for you it is uh, 
like uh, Jesus says, you know, to bring the good news of hope to them. They have lost their hope in life. Something which they can never think of educating themselves uh, to be a person with the dignity to live. So we do help them to get back the dignity as a human being and to the hope which they had. They did not have a hope when they came to the city or in the village. But here we are giving new life to them through this education, this transformative education. Their life is changed. They are becoming a new person. They are not the same like yesterday. And you've seen this transformation before. Yes, sure. Do you have a story or maybe some um, something that you could, ex- like uh, maybe a child or a family that you worked with that you recall in specific? Yes. We had a woman who are the 47 years old. So one day when we were having a meeting, she told me, Sister, I have uh, one dream in my life. What was the dream I asked? I wanted to say that I have studied. I went to 10th class. Means I studied till 10th class. I have a desire to say that I am a 10th class student. That is my dream in life. Which never get fulfilled. She is never went to school. She was a child marriage. She was married at the age of 11. And she was having 7 children. And one child uh, whom she found on the road she has adopted. And uh, so she has eight children and grandchildren now. And now she says, I would like to to study. So then I, but uh, this, because we have, uh, I was asking about the dreams of the people. How about you dream? Because uh, you have to dream to make something new in life. So we make people to dream. So dreams should never stop dreaming so bigger. So then this lady dreamed like this. Then I said, yes, your dream can come to fulfill if you wish. You will work hard, then you will reach your dream. So she said, yes, I will work hard. So we said, we will teach you. So we had a group of women along with her. She grew around 10 other women. So we used to educate them. Then we enrolled them in the school, means the open school. And she and her son and daughter, daughter-in-law, three of them took admission in the school, in the same class where we are teaching. So she studied, started to study. She will, wherever she used to grace the gods, so she used to carry the book which we have the, for the exam. So she will grace this one and will sit and write and learn. And she, so she said, Sister, I am not so good to finish uh, means all the uh, syllabus. But uh, I said, uh, I want to write the exam. So she said, even if I write, what will happen? Sister, all the most I will fail. There is nothing more to happen if you write an exam. I may fail, but I will. I can say that I have written the 10th standard exam. So I said, that is great if you are 
so we made her and her son and though there are 20 women who wrote the exam the first exam and uh, some uh, some of them passed some of them could not pass this lady could not pass but that has changed her life she was living on the road side and and uh, she uh, and the, there was a railway line and she was living the near the railway line she did not have anything so we we teach women how to save money and we started to help uh, this women to us have self help groups so they used to put 50 rupees that means uh, not even 1 dollar maybe for a month to as a saving so they start to saving they take a loan from that one so she we encourage her to start a, a, a little vegetable um, she used to um, from the wholesale she used to take vegetables and sell it retail and uh, so that her family can be sustained then we she started to make business so her children joined her for uh, selling the vegetables so it became little more big business then we we had a, we um, one organization helped us to get a cottage to carry the this um, vegetables a bigger place so she used to have a bigger basket of uh, vegetables to carry around so he, her husband joined her to the business and uh, in four years time they bought a small um auto rickshaw we say it in uh, india so we, small vehicle where they can take the vegetables she wrote the exam she passed three subjects but that has changed her whole life and today uh, now five years six years she has uh, she with a collection of money she bought a house a small piece of land and bought a small house and all her children are studying and uh, she and her family have greatly changed not only she changed her life she has changed the whole family and she has changed her uh, uh, village in which she was living today in that village where we were working in the beginning 5 years before there is not a single child who is not going to the school when we went first all of them were not going to the school and today there is a, all of them are going to the school hmm praise god that's amazing and did did was is part of the education a religious education or is it just mathematics reading things like this ah uh, we are uh, mostly making secular uh, studies mostly secular studies did is there conversations that you had with her about faith i mean she knows that you're a sister yeah so they all know that i am a sister but we are not uh, proclaiming jesus directly mm. so it's a uh, it's you proclaim christ through the actions of service is that yes. how you think about it yes what is the reason in your mind to not talk about it is it just that it's better to show than to to speak about it to show the actions of love and the actions of service is that the reason in your mind that through our actions through our life 
they learn more about Jesus than what we speak. Mm-hmm. So your actions speaking. It's a beautiful story, sister. I have a question. When you, f- bef- to rewind the story a little bit, when you were, did you ever have a, the idea that you might want a family? Or you always, since you had this vision in the river, you knew that the family life was not for you and the religious life was your life or the voca- uh, the consecrated life. Did you ever think about the family life as a poten- as a possibility or that was never something that you... I did not have a... never thought about the family as uh, uh, my way of life. I was convinced about my religious life completely. So it was never so you were never tempted to the to the family. No. I was never tempted to uh, um, family life. Do you do you know I was always happy in religious life. So if you are unhappy then only we think about a second. I was always a happy person to be in the religious and I have found the freedom I have uh, able to help the people if I was a family person I would not have done that one I have uh, helped I was like a river I was just uh, looking at my life these days I can see so many people has God has called me to live my religious life due to my religious life I have gone to the extreme where no one else would have in God to the mission which God has entrusted to me, to go to the most neglected people, the most peripheries of our society, where no one wants to go, where no one wants to associate with them. I could go to them because I am a, a religious, and I feel extremely happy. Was it scary in the beginning when you went, or you never, because people avoid this because maybe they're afraid. Were you afraid or never? You always just I felt I was true. never afraid. I wanted to do things which no one wants to do. I was always uh, like the taking risk in life. Hmm. If God has called me, I have a special mission. So you never were afraid going into... I was always happy to go. Wow. That's, um, I'm sure the people feel this joy in you when you when you go. Do you go alone or do you go with your group of sisters that you live with or could be either one, doesn't matter? I go alone. I go with others. I go with people who are uh, not religious, with the religious. Hmm. I was never afraid. Was th- so You've been a sister for a while. What I- What was it like as a new sister? Was there any difficulty in transition from a secular life, or not secular life, but a life outside of the order to a life inside? Or was it a very easy transition for you? There was no sense of loss or anything. It was just always very smooth transition. I was a very zealous person from what I was as a politician in... Uh, before entering into religious life, I was always full of enthusiasm and zeal to do something. Mm. So when I came to religious life also, it is like a St. Paul's life changed into before conversion and after conversion. Mm. So I am like a St. Paul. So the zeal for the kingdom, whatever maybe to do, was uh, always in my great joy. 
so so god he, has converted me from there to here to so i was i wanted to go and uh, tell everyone the good news <laughs> of jesus all over the world <laughs> if i am sent so, to the ends of the so earth you, i will go very happily and joyfully <laughs> right so you're uh, you had a your vision was the path the road to damascus that saul had when he that was you had this just this really intense conversion experience when yes, you had yes i am yeah, my god's call was very strong so i never looked back and mm-hmm. i was always felt happy and uh, i was loved and i was supported i was encouraged by the my sisters and i felt always at home mm. and that's beautiful so it sounds like the community life also fed you yes my sisters are like uh, my elder sisters i always felt very at home how many live in your in your convent in india how many sisters are there uh in my community at present we are uh, four of us and uh, two young ones who want to become sisters how old are the young ones they are in uh, in their 20 22 mm. if they ever listen to this do you have a message for the younger sisters oh i do have <laughs> a message for my younger sisters <laughs> what would it be what would you tell them if they were sitting here about religious life i i would like to tell them that uh, religious life makes you really uh, free hmm. it comes uh, gives you freedom to go beyond your own limits the god is the one who calls and god is the one who guides and you are just to follow his way and uh, god will and you know, work wonders through you yeah there's a uh, that's a that's a great message there's a um i think a mother teresa has this amazing line it's something like she says you have to believe more in what god can do with you than your own weakness or something like this like that it's that god is is creating through you and yes. that that's the that's i have taken this name as my name was jancy so i changed my name into veena so i took this name of veena is i want to be an instrument in the hands of god so the god can play the music through me so i am just an instrument in the hand of god and veena is you said before we started recording veena is a goddess a hindu a hindi hindu god? goddess has got the veena is a musical instrument ah, so, so you're a, you're an instrument in instrument the hand instrument in the hand of god to play the music for the people mm-hmm. so change their life so we're coming maybe to the end cuz we have mass soon mm-hmm. i wanted to know it's been really beautiful your story is really powerful and i'm curious if there's someone there's a really beautiful message to your to your younger sisters if there's somebody listening and they're lost they don't they don't they don't um they don't know what they should do in their life do you have a message for somebody like this who's who's still searching and doesn't know what they should do in their life or they feel lost the lost ones i have only one message you are never lost when you are in the god's hand you have only to see that god is there holding your hand you be just become aware that you are not lost you are not not just looking 
Hmm. I think that's a that's a great way to maybe end our uh, our podcast. Maybe we could actually maybe before we go again. Thank you so much. Maybe we could end with another prayer. Um, and thank you for your time and what you shared. I think that this will be very if ever if somebody's listening i think that it would be hard for them not to feel the the love and the joy that you have for christ in your in your voice and in your story and so and the things that you're doing in india amazing and uh, it was wonderful to meet you and wonderful to spend this time with you and it's a real blessing for me so thank you very much and maybe i don't know if you have a prayer in in hindi or do you have you would rather do it in english mm-hmm. however you want to do it Thank you and praise you, Lord Jesus, for this moment, for bringing us together. So we thank you, Lord, for Andrew, who one, who came, which we have never planned. It is in your plan, God. So there may be people who are waiting for the Lord to reach them. Lord Jesus, I ask. that many young people who are searching for meaning in life meaning to find god god open their eyes their hearts so that they may be able to see the providence of god in their life the love of god which they are like a fish in the water looking for water lord jesus make them aware they they are in god's immense love they are dipped in the love of god lord jesus we thank you and praise you for giving us this opportunity to proclaiming you we make this prayer through christ our lord amen in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen thank you so much signing off